0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jason Fitz, Fitz, a host for Yahoo Sports as well as Fox Sports Radio. joins us every single Monday and he joins us now. Hey Fitz, um, does it feel to you that the national opinion about Patrick Mahomes is still a little lukewarm? relative to where it probably should be, which is this is the closest thing we've seen and maybe we'll ever see to Tom Brady? I
1: I think your opinion is right. I don't necessarily feel like others aren't giving that opinion. We just keep waiting for, you know, you know how things go when you start to see greatness, where everybody waits for the fall of the greatness. But I I think, frankly, a lot of the Mahomes stuff has gotten to that Steph Curry level, right? Like, uh, you know, I I understand that people get bored with greatness, but I I feel like most people are on board with that. I, I... I have no problem saying right now, I mean, I know he has championships to win before we'll cement his legacy, but as an overall football player, he's better than Brady. I mean, it's just he's unbeatable when he does what he can do. And this is, this is a team that without Mahomes, I don't even think is sniffing the playoffs. They're, they're a 6-7 win team without Mahomes. So I, I think that, that to me, squarely, at this point, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to end up as the best that ever did it, maybe the best to ever do it. Like,
0: I, I think that's fair. Is it is it just that and and you know, you know maybe my own sort of opinion is shaped by um, you know anecdotal people here or there, but it, it felt like a lot of people believed, for example, that Buffalo was going to win the game yesterday. It just felt like you know, and I don't know you probably, you know, you could ask ten people, you might get you know six Buffalo four, but it just felt like. Is it that people are bored, like you said, like people just get bored of the Chiefs being there, of of, of any team just being there all the time, and they just want the new and shiny? Do you think that's a, that's a piece of it? I think this year it just doesn't make sense. Like, because the Chiefs aren't particularly great, like, is Rasheed
1: Rice developing into a number one wide receiver anywhere else? Probably not. Is Isaiah Pacheco somebody that a month ago we were scared of? Not at all. Uh, I don't think we've given the defense enough credit at all for the way they've played. But I, I mean, I, I think the reason people were doubting Kansas city this year is it's just on paper. And when you watch them, nothing looks easy and then they do what they do. Like, I think this is Mahomes and Andy Reid both showing you that they belong in the Mount Rushmore conversation. Like, and this, the way they've been able to will this out of what it feels like is very little dependable talent. I mean, you're in a game here again in Buffalo where you got guys dropping the football, putting the ball on the ground, fumbling through the end zone, doing things that guys just can't do in those situations, and it doesn't even cost them. Like, that's crazy to think, and that's the Mahomes effect. So I think part of the reason people were picking Buffalo is because you keep thinking Superman can only do so much. But I do also think that at some level, whenever I I use this analogy a lot, but the best Batman movies are defined by, like, the rival, like the Joker. You know, part of the reason we all fell in love with Brady is because Brady Manning became this huge thing – Somebody else has got to step up and start as a team to challenge Kansas City. I, I, I will not put any fault on Josh Allen, but somebody's got to step up as a team and start threatening Kansas City, I think, for us to really, truly appreciate the greatness we're seeing. Otherwise, it just feels like one thing, one guy's beaten up on pad, and until somebody can consistently take Kansas City down, that's a fair narrative.
0: Well, and to that point, is, is Baltimore, and particularly with the way Lamar Jackson is playing, and was locked in in that second half. John's right. They, they, they made adjustments and really controlled that game. Are they, are, are they right? Are, are they right to be the team that sort of is the one that finally stands up? I mean, Bills had them at their house, couldn't do it. Do you figure Baltimore gets it done?
1: Yeah, I, I think they can. And a big part of this is defensive discipline. I was I did this little live stream thing yesterday with Michael Jr. and he had a bunch of his buddies on. And Dominique Foxworth was talking about the Ravens, the team he obviously knows well. And one thing that really stood out to me is he pointed out, uh, I think most people will remember there was a triple option play uh, at one point that the Texans ran. And the fact that the Ravens didn't even bite on it and still swarmed to the tackler, like this is a Ravens defense that yeah. just doesn't make mistakes. And that's going to be key when you're taking on Mahomes because the fact is I don't care whether you spy him or not, at some point a defensive player is going to have to make a decision. Am I attacking Mahomes or am I staying where I am? If you stay where you are in the field, he runs around you, and gets twenty yards. If you attack him, he just you know drops the ball right over your head and still gets that twenty yards. So it, it takes true discipline to be able to shut him down. I think the Ravens have the most disciplined defense in the NFL. So I actually think they can win this game. Mind you, I picked Kansas City to win over the weekend, but right now I think I'm actually leaning Baltimore.
0: Yeah, and I, I get that. And I think there are some there are some um, injury situations that we have to you know Willie Gay's injury is big. Joe Tooney's injury, if the you know, All-Pro guard, if he's out, that's obviously big. But I don't know; it's very difficult for me to, at the very least, pass up on the points three and a half with uh, with, with the greatest quarterback we've seen since Brady. Let's talk about the loser yesterday, which is Buffalo. Um, Jason and I were talking about it early in the show. I mean, you just can't ask for a better setup. It's there. You're the favorite. You know, you run the ball. Um, incredibly well, you've won, you've been playing playoff football for the last six, seven weeks, Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, and yet you still can't win the game. What's the takeaway for Buffalo?
1: I think Buffalo needs some help on the defensive side of the ball, and other than that, like, this isn't a takeaway any fan wants. I think the takeaway is just, hey, let's just keep running it back and hope. Like, because I've heard a bunch of people today saying a lot of things about Josh Allen that I think are pretty stupid. Like, I know he missed Stephon Diggs on that crossing pattern everybody keeps talking about late in the game. Could have made a difference, and I agree with that. But also, he was making the aggressive throw to try and get the touchdown. As offensive linemen step on them, uh, the receiver was open. You know, you start looking at what you ask of Josh Allen in this offense, they need somebody, and they need a number two. And you know, once Shakir went down with an injury, too, that was a huge part of this game for them. They need a number two wide receiver that can threaten you more ways. They need a better schemed offense, I think, in some ways. They need some better help on the defensive side of the ball. They were a shell of themselves defensively, especially at the linebacker position. You know, you, you think about the amount of things that went wrong for for Buffalo this year, and that's part of it, but I it missed me with any conversation about Josh Allen not being able to win. Like, last time I checked, Josh Allen is not responsible for shutting down Mahomes. Like, Josh Allen did everything you could ask a quarterback to do. That's why wins and losses in these situations just can't be a quarterback stat. But there's a lot of people around him that are going to have to look in the mirror and play better and I think they need some help in just a few augmented places, which will be enough.
0: How much uh, in your eyes does the Debo Samuel injury for the Niners affect how you feel about that Niners-Detroit NFC Championship game? Isn't that the wildest thing?
1: Like, I made the point last night on one of my Yahoo tapings that if you asked me at this point, point, I think we kind of know that Debo's the MVP of the 49ers because when Christian McCaffrey's out, they're still okay. When Debo's out, they lose everything as an offense. And Brock Purdy was bad in that game. I know he had a great drive at the end, and I love that. That's great for his story. But, man, he was bad. He got away with a bunch of throws in that game that you don't usually get away with. If Debo can't play, that changes his whole lot. If Debo can't play, I would pick the Lions to win this game. I, the Lions are every bit as explosive right now as San Francisco is. So, yeah. the Lions' defense is not as good as San Francisco's defense. But, man, if you take Debo off the field, you're making it a lot easier for the Lions' defense to hold up. So, now I, I just think, Especially, like, as, as much as everybody has their opinions on golf, let's be real, he's been here before. Right. Like, he knows what this takes. He isn't going to be overwhelmed with the moment. Like, I, I think the Lions have a real shot in this football game, and if Debo's not in, i put my money on Detroit all day.
0: <laughs> all right, last thing, Fitz, it is official. Antonio Pierce, as expected, got the job as the head man of the Raiders. Um, what's the most likely um, way this plays out?
1: I think he gets a good offensive staff, and this goes really well. I'll go back again. I was talking to Dominique yesterday, and he told me this story about the Ravens when he was there, and he said that Harbaugh would walk into the room and just start talking to the guys, and he said, you know what? Harbaugh didn't even understand what the X's and O's of our defensive game plan were, but it didn't matter. That's not what he was there for. He was there to just be a CEO and a leader of men, and you think about what The Lions said after the game, one of their star players, I I can't remember which one, made a comment about Dan Campbell being authentic and consistent in all of these things. Like, I think that's the type of leader Antonio Pierce can be and will be because he's very secure in who he is as a human being for the Raiders. So now he's going to hire a good staff, and presuming that that staff can get it done. I mean, the Raiders still, I don't think, are going to come away with the quarterback, but I think this is a team that's going to be able to be competitive because of Antonio Pierce. And I just remind everybody, I went back and looked like, Dan Campbell was ranked as the worst hire in the year that he was hired. Kevin Stefanski was ranked as the world worst hire the year he was hired. Uh, By the way, Matt Rule was was ranked as the best. Frank Rice was ranked as the best. Like, if you look back at the major media outlets that cover these hirings every single year, they get it wrong. So, maybe we need to stop trying to figure this out day one and just start asking ourselves what are the traits that this guy has that can lead to being a good coach? And I think in the modern football culture, a good CEO is more important than a good X's and O's schemer on offense or defense all day, every day.
0: Hope you're right, my friend. Always good catching up. Thank you, man. Thank you, Vincent. Appreciate it, boys. Have a great week. Here's he Jay Spitz, Yahoo and Fox Sports.